Sorry about that. Uh, welcome. We have. Uh, what time is it? 744 in New York. Perfect. <laughs> 744 in New York, which is perfect time to start. Uh, uh, we have uh, our first event uh, of the new Ryan series this, this quarter. It's a great program this, this year, and we're really excited to have these two uh, amazing figures here today. Uh, we have introdu introductions uh, by two of our MFA students. And since you two are going to kind of do a two-headed reading uh, performance today. Uh, we'll just have the two introductions, and then we'll then we'll go. Um, I I want to thank the uh, the visual arts department for letting us use their space, and um, thank the dean's office of arts and humanities for uh, supporting our series. Uh, they're very generous and help us uh, bring fantastic writers to campus here in La Jolla. So. Uh, to see everybody here and um, some of my students and some other people's students and some adults and, uh, and some adult students. And, uh, and um, so uh, we have two introductions. Maybe you could come up at the same time. We have Gabe and Paula, uh, two of our own students. And uh, maybe however you want to. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be You're reading off of <laughs> You can speak to her. Hi. Um, you are very important to Nicole Farafit's work. You, all of you, the audience, are quintessential to her process. She needs you when she performs in order to harness a community of experience, a community that through its interconnectivity can fully witness its art. And for your participation, you are well compensated always with some new spiritual understanding or linguistic vigor, and sometimes with food. <laughs> Nicole Parafit is a pluridisciplinary artist, or as she calls herself, a resistant multilingual migratory bivalve, who writes, paints, sings, films, cooks, and lives inside multisensorial, multidimensional realms. She brings her poetics into every sensorial space so that you can not only see, hear, and touch it, but sometimes you can even smell and taste it. This leads us to bigger questions about the role of art and the artist, questions regarding our body's relation to the art being created and then performed. And it's for those very reasons that I'm sure that her reading tonight will be more than dynamic. The major component of the skyline of Albany, New York, the city where Pierre Jory is professor, is comprised of a series of giant, brutalist government buildings, the Empire Central Plaza. <laughs> they're, they're hideous buildings, they really are, they're totally ugly, which dwarf which the rest of the city and often appear empty chunks of concrete. Just for a second, I want you to think about those as our spoken and written language. Um, compare the, think of the buildings as the spoken and written language. There are plenty of poets who would find the most power in hacking away at the concrete, TNTing the foundation, leaving the whole thing a pile of rubble. There, they'd sneer, that's what's left of your precious language. Fiorgiori is not one of those poets. He would look at the skyscraper, the big one right in the middle, and say, my, what an oversized toothpick. Or he'd think to himself, maybe what this building needs is some windows, more hammocks. Jory, in his numerous and highly acclaimed poetry, prose, translations, is not trying to tear down language but instead make it work, to make it question, and perhaps most importantly, 
to make it reflect upon itself until something of beauty emerges. His writing moves seamlessly from verse to prose, from the personal to the theoretical, from evocative imagery to lines that feel like adages our wisest friends pass along. In the day after, from his collected work, Oasis, Jury says, we love only what we name, and Adam destroyed paradise by naming animals and trees, and we destroy what we love and have to do so again and again, damned in and through language, only in genetics, and yet and again, as always, the depth of our love directly proportional to the accuracy of our naming. It is Jury's ability, oh, I'm sorry, it is Jury's admission to the fallibility of language and also his refusal to give up on it that show him to be a poet with truly admirable ideas. The fact that he has enormous skills certainly helps his cause as a redeemer of flawed language poetry. Pierre Jury is an acclaimed poet, essayist, and translator. His translations of Paul Salam were called Imaginative by new, and New by Marjorie Perloff in the Boston Review. He has, additionally, he has additionally translated Picasso and Rilke into English. Along with Jerome, Jerome Rothenberg, he co-edited the seminal uh, University of California Press collection, Poets for the Millennium. The most recent Poets for the Millennium collection, published in January this year, focused on poetry from Northern Africa. Poesis, a selected works of his own poetry, has been hailed as containing, quote, the complexities of being an inter uh, interstitial writer, of existing somewhere on the edge of the mediated, globalized culture, away from the theories of being and economics, yet with all the pulp and paradoxes of these issues delivered in the detail by Publishers Weekly. Jury has been awarded an NEA translation grant, several Penn Center awards, and numerous other awards and grants. He is professor of English at the State University of New York at Albany. Please help me in welcoming Pierre Jury. Thank you. attempts of practical, ongoing synthesis and presentation of 24 years of shared artistic and domestic practices that started, in fact, here on the Pacific Rim since Nicole and I met at Reinhard Letthaus' home in 1989. And I just saw that they made room for Reinhard in the Lit Building, which is great. We were introduced by Billy O'Brien, whose son Adam was in school with Joseph, Nicole's son. Oh, and, and uh, the work, the whole poetic, actually generated from uh, a rim, the other rim, the Atlantic rim, where we now live. 
Yes, and uh, we coined uh, the word after coming back from a long walk from Coney Island and Brighton Beach, and uh, Pierre wrote about people peopling, and once again, I attempted to absorb and translate the elemental with words. So Pierre will start. Example, Russians on the beach. What does attract them so very much, you ask? And I finger flatness, the flatness of the steps and the flatness of the sea, allied longers of proletarian 30s holidays along the Black Sea, scavenging for food and air, muscles and iodine, non-Sovietized oxygen, muscles Stalin couldn't colonize. But why, I say, so many here now? This is America. This is a Coney Island of no mind, but of old bodies in old astragon coats. Mossball childhood smell of my grandmother and her four sisters, astragon coats and tops, slowly making their way along the shore. And look, there stands Yuri Gagarin, blue-eyed, pale-faced, narrow mouth poking, alone on a rock, wanting to have takeoff again, to be in orbit. Why did they make him a life in America? An automatic ejection seat that didn't work? Or a plot by the KGB? Ah, to be in orbit again, with and on any line of flight, this rock on Coney Island feels as hard as that rock on the Black Sea. Behind him an empty beach, with two Tatyanas flanking the Moscow Cafe. Behind him a Broadway awash in Cyrillic neon code along a seafront once known as Manhattan Beach. And Gagarin narrows his eyes as he stares across the wide expanse of the narrows, wondering what that black over there is, wondering what the words New Jersey mean. As a little boy and his grandfather coming by, teaching each other words for whelk, muscle, clam in Russian and English, followed by an old lady in her mink, a member of the rat family, you say, meaning the coat, not the lady. The same mink she wore that one time the Soviet cultures had organized a visit to the Bolshoi. And it's a growing February population on St. Valentine's Day in mild weather. Here comes Michel Strogoff, the courier of the Tsar, out of a Jules Verne novel, sprinting along the Coney Island beach, welcoming a swimmer emerging from the February water. Where were you, Osip, in February? I wonder what months of what year did you die? Or did slip out? Did you go beyond the Colima, cross the tundra and the Bering Straits on a sled of poetry, finding final refuge as a super in that old Trump senior project on Coney Island? Or am I as crazy as that old pink Russian stopping, moving her forearms rhythmically to and away from her face, a gym move from another age and place? She remembers at five her mother walking along the beach near Odessa pointing out a gaunt, hurried figure murmurs, that's the poet Osip Mandelstam. He wrote a mean verse about Stalin's mustache. Hush now, he's on the run. He'll never be seen again in this broken spine country, in this future perfect country. I can no longer be certain which country she means. And gone now, the century, dead now, the poet, still alive right now in the vision of Osip on a Coney Island beach.
sun spikes water. Sharp reflection. Froid des étincelles, pas d'artifice, feu froid. Éléments ondulants. Ocean body, corps océan. Fait mer et fait de mer. Elle, la mer, lui, l'océan, le d'enfant. Dance liquide. Son clapotis mouillé et celle invisible. Plus près, plus près, plus près, plus près. such distances, how to count such measures, says Pierre, as we sang in the beginning. But what measure measures the past? Anthoplora elegantissima, left over or anew, adorned or protected with shells. In step with Pacific Ocean, memory ebb and flow. Tide pools of hardy organism cast reflection. Coping with flux and reflux, onlookers mirroring life of constant changes, symbiotic, symbiotic walk. Attached temporarily to submerged objects. Possible practice of both sexual and uh, asexual reproduction. I only need to accept the alternate rhythmic condition. Forward and backward movement, decline and renewal, to be continued. The term dermopoetics has grown to encompass all aspects of our artistic and domestic matters, fueled by what I like to call my rhizometic motions and just our distinctive rhythms. I was dubious about the word uh, domopoetics, given that the term domo can have some dumb connotations. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Because domestic life is not always that smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys. True, true, true. <laughs> For me, who left home or the so-called homeland very early on, traveling continuously over several continents, see my nomadic poetics, etc., creating what I call then a heart, which kind of looks like Dermot's, uh, uh, as a space of rest and creativity has always been core. Back in the mid-70s, when I was living in London, England, I wrote a sequence of poems that were published as uh, the book Firework, a book that combined Ellen, Fisher, Ellen Fisher's Fireplace and My Heart Work, uh, and is one of my favorite and gorgeous complexly made books with a complex cover wraparound made by uh, Paige Mitchell. And I think the domo poetics of that poem are evident to me even uh, more now. 
Uh, here is the opening poem, which comes from a syllabic play suggested by Jonathan Williams. I hope you remember Jonathan Williams. Yeah. On the seed syllables of the word ha, ear, art, heart, earth, and so on. There's even a rat in there. Look carefully. You guys did a piece of He's always in there, though. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> For some reason, I saw reference somewhere. <laughs> Place of seed and syllables. They are what it is all about. Swarming all about the multitude of morning embers, fire particles, the swarm, the warm animals dancing, circling the flames. Warm-blooded, lust is round and dance. How to? how to stomp, how to work fire from earth, fatherarchs and fire, in conabula nel mezzo mi retrovai. The way is the voice, not sotto, middle ear, the intermediate place, mezzanine, still center, heaped earth matters, where the hair is parted, now ends, sing, singed for mismanaging the fire, we pass through again and again, Thus, listening with the heart, housework is heat, heat, the slag of the daily life, the cinders needed, cradle of tomorrow's fire, the small eternal matter, the measure flares up. So here, here is as a buhaire de moots, a word prompter. He's using a buhadit in Gascon, where I'm coming from, I come from Gascony, it's a device used to kindle the fire. And um, the more poetics is a lot about the pneuma, the noima. And appending my voice to Pierre's atmospheric poem, Voice Fade, came naturally. And when I say atmospheric, I don't mean a mood, but a, a, a pressure unit espousing diastole and systole. And now uh, our first visual, vocal, visual and vocal collaboration, and actually the picture you're going to see here, was taken on top of Encinitas Boulevard and Balour when we lived here in the, it looked like the America, the America. So that's next to your place, Marcel. American cloud. <laughs> yeah, so this is the piece, and it's got the turbulence. The voices fade. Someone tries to recall them from their graves in the air. The desperation leads to water, not turbulence, but a deep, quiet pool. No fish dares. Kleine Aska, keine Mandel. That tree now grows upside down. You clamber up its twisted trunk. You give as it gives, and I, I watch it all come down. If you listen, I can pick up a thread from long ago. It is red, it is blue, it does not rhyme. It speaks of a hill is a language I thought forgotten. I forgot, I thought in. Speaks line of unequal length, sinks. Even the worst disasters calls for me, for us. How can we not follow? How heavy heart and mind matters not. I care enough to go on against all that is yet to come. Chante, mère, tire des astres, m'appelle-nous, 
by four wings beat down on the four corners of the world, big take out a line of flight, double arrow, cobalt access, Maria light, neither oxygen nor orient, exiled is everywhere under the light. Four wings beat down on the four corners of the world, big take off, a line of flight, double arrow, cobalt access, Maria light, neither oxygen nor orient, exiled is everywhere under the light.
The rabbit is not a hare, and vice versa. And on our nursery walls, Dura's hare stared into space till the fox caught up, and the two real pet rabbits are left to starve in teenage food forgetfulness, a comic flaw bound to come back and haunt me in the form of my next incarnation, a wild hare darting through woods till a hundred hard huffing pellets of birch up spinach seven salto mortales, oh little zigzag god of the impossible plight, oh little god of zigzag handwriting, like those tall hieratic Egyptian zoomorphs, you too will be prepared, prepared for the long trip. You will hang for two days in a cool room in your coat, a bardothodol of slow intestinal decomposition. My mouth already waters. Grandpas were always said, use only the very best bottle of old burgundy. At least three nights you will lie in it. Oh, salt hair of my zigzag mind with your head left on. They now call you Huizu Sibi and ceremoniously count three shallots, one carrot, three cloves of garlic, one parsley wood, one sage leaf, some thyme, laurel with olive oil, black pepper, three or four cloves, some tarragon into this marinade, this brine of the rest of your life for our delight. You will rest all night in the fridge next to the cup holds your blood mixed with vinegar of zigzag Jesus' hair. You who had a worse uphill race than Zero Morton and should have known better every few hours I turn your limbs into fragrant herbal wine and will try to forget my little zigzag self in brine. Man hears him for three days in the morgue of our appetites. Now baked and browned in a cast iron pot, in go your cold and soaked limbs, brown well a glass of ammoniac at hand, a switch for the cook, a match for you, little brother. Oh, what a zigzag roller coaster, the Stygian journey flambé, you'll be calmed by a rain of flour, then moisten begin with brine, add it poco a poco, some cover you now with a slice of white bread, meant they say to keep the wine from coagulating, 90 minutes on a low fire, and you're done. Your limbs come to rest on a white platter. Your blood and chopped wool liver now blended with fresh cream add some of the sauce. Another glass of armagnac. Now the rest of the sift sauce. Carefully stir it all together and off the fire. And the pieces added. The zigzag legs. The sexy saddles. That was then and there. My grandfather long ago called back by the rabbit's gods. We now live where they don't tell hairs from rabbits but our appetites are not diminished. We really eat two rabbits for one hair. This is zigzag America, after all. It is cold, it is old, it has new things, it has the bitter, it has the rich. And here now listen and watch how Nicole does an actual chicken faster than I can read in our house in Brooklyn. <laughs> Vegetarians, cover your eyes.
the joint to smoke, okay? some virtual appetizers <laughs> for five seconds in the, silence. The, the cake in the middle actually, there is a video where I when I make that cake takes about six hours. I mean the latest. That cake is about four feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and there's a video on my blog bomb Well, at times our work doesn't necessarily intersect or interconnect directly, but runs on parallel tracks. Here now some extracts from my latest book of poems, Meditations on the Stations of Mansur al-Halash, 
And there's two copies left. Uh, if someone wants to buy it in LA, they bought the rest. Uh, it was published earlier this year by Czech Press, and it is dedicated to our son, uh, Miles Flores Parapet. Uh, and I started that sequence of poems when the US invaded Iraq. Uh, and I was thinking of this wonderful great figure, Mansur al-Halash, 10th century Sufi poet and mystic, uh, who said one day, Ana al-Haq, meaning I'm the truth, which I read as Rambo's, je est un autre, roughly. But the politicians and the religious leaders of his time didn't like it, threw him in jail, kept him there for 10 years, tortured him, and finally executed him. So I think about him and what Baghdad once was, it was always a fearsome city in that sense, and I found by chance 40 terms taken from his uh, learning, uh, from his teachings online, in English translation, terms in English. I took those, compared them with the Arabic terms in, 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 in other things, and used those as the title for 40 poems, uh, thinking about uh, the, the, this matter. So I'll read a few of those. One. Adab, manners. What is the manner, I mean the matter, with you standing there in the desert? Take your hands out of your pockets, which is no excuse for your lack of know-how. The desert has no manners, but many pockets. When it comes to sharing, this last pinch of hot sand and mica hides as lint in the corners of your heart. Two, Rahab, awe. The awe is in gawking. When you see it, it scares you. Where it's the unseen, you seem to want to care for, even though in the thing, it scars you to face the all that is not in the thing or the it, but is between the two. It's the relation a we can be. Five, Ajab. Wonder, and you'll find, or wonder, if you don't, and if you do, wonder to wonder. A wonder is a gem in the head, a wonder prized a harder jar, or is a dumb thing too often blinds us to what's left to do. So he walks on water, whatever. A miracle in another word is a wonder, I'm wonder. Someone sore and wounded, a real god or wonder worker. The loaves and the wine at the wedding, a neat trick, but one we need to be able to do anywhere, all the time. We can, or could. That would be called just distribution of the world's wealth. Eight, shara, avidity. The opposite of sharing does not invite. The city is full of it. The old country slogan, ora et labora, has only its rhyme scheme left. After the laughter, the fat of greed dissolves, a charred remembrance, a haram on the greedy king of kings. If you don't believe, go to the avidity primer. This is a method, not a product. Use it with any kit. Two, the word crossed over, lost its moral on the way to the lab. Here in it, the dissonance dependent strength of any acid or base Protein shark in uncooked egg whites hogs the biotin. We need to live, and it needs bacteria, yeasts, molds, algae, some plant life. Of course, it can be bottled, and we beat any lower price. It's all in the brand name, and we've got that sewn up. 
Nein, Nazar, probity, lament its absence among those who govern. Ten, sick, sincerity. You could try standing beside your word, but which one of the many thousands? Eleven, rifk, comradeship. We stand here riffing on comradeship, though we don't know the first or the last letter of it, though we are or have to be in the middle of what Bob Creeley called the company, those we break bread with, even if it turns out to be poisoned fish as we did that once. The comradeship goes on in the particle com, links us to the common and the manifesto of equality. And we will keep standing here in the wind on the corner where desert and city meet. We will keep standing here, our hands in your pockets, always riffing, even if some of us are spectral comrades now, as it is our job to be close to those gone, to bring their news, talk through their voices. We are all they left, squeezed as they are, in the tight fists hands make in our pockets. 24. Inti Captivity. Does it come before or after the nativity? Is it the artist or the audience? The ox or the manger? Is that Jackson I hear saying, Schwitters? That was real applause, not just captive applesauce. And don't you come with that inequity stuff. We do what we do, peculiar, fast, and witty. Kashmir would be great to walk beyond in captivity, or the streets of the old captive city. You're on loan wherever you are. The museums have handed you back to the streets, less menacé that he would have believed. This is not a charade, but not a captivity story either. Or is it? Or was it? Check out my man Tantalus, who is all over the place, if you believe the ancients, until he was set down in captivity in the deepest layers of Tartarus for ripping off some food and wine from his father's table. Bad table manners will always get you into a desert one way or the other. Sacrificing a son won't necessarily let you off the hook either. Leave that to the shamans. They're buddy-buddy with mystic death and transfiguration. And know that you can't steal a dog. They just keep after you, wanted or not. Stay in the desert. There's no fruit tree, no pool of water, no low branches to tempt you. A Hölderlin poem is a drunken swan keeps coming up in your dream like a forewarning or a rapt image of paradise. Let it go. The last poem of the sequence, I waited until years, until supposedly the war was over. So last February, I wrote the poem when the last troops left. 14. Beginning. Midaya. The end is in the beginning. The end is the beginning. The troops have left. Have the troops left? I can finish what I began when they first invaded and promised not to end until they all have left. The troops have left. Have the troops left? Too easy to claim an end as a new beginning. Nothing begins anew. Nothing ends for key except the lives of those killed by the bullets put money into the pockets of those who sold you the war, those who never had their hands in their own pockets, those who never stood in any desert except their own hearts, alkali wastes, and the lint in their pockets soaked through with spent blood now pulled from pockets and flicked onto the desert's face. Thousands of lives stuck out like camel butts. The 
troops have left. Have the troops left? U.S., you know Orestes. Iraq, you know Argos. Sartre's flies did not please. The Lord thereof keeps buzzing. Both. But Sumer shall rise again. Baghdad will be Baghdad again. Others who be the truth, Al-Haq, will be put to life and to death. Other poets will write and celebrate. Oh, now then, let's begin to begin. The dyad, the Bedouin, bring back the sound of the music so tender, the night of desert splendor. Bring back the memory of green and the rapture so serene that what were raging fires now are glowing memory embers. Desire not dead. Desire not dead. If the city hurt you, walk out into the deep pockets of the desert, the place we all came from, the place we all shall return to. Mansur, Mansur, lead the dance. Now Nicole's action. So the next uh, project of mine was done at the same time here with the meditation. And it's a good example of uh, my work can go from occupying Pierre's words, uh, occupied Pierre, to a rather, uh, so rather than arising rhythmic motions, I like to think about your work as a as seepage, seeping through other territories. I, so the territories are my mountains and the buildings and the seashores. So I dwell in this locality. So the book is called Bival, the vault takes the vault of knowledge. And uh, it's 17 paintings, 17 texts, and a CD, and one recipe. The book is there, I have a few there. And, um, and uh, I'm just going to present a few. Standing stern soon. Translation is in the book if you're curious. So she who seeks has. At the risk, at the risk of losing myself before finding me, I speculate my no assurance, no logic, no scratching, no scrutinizing. Without limits, as far as the eye can see, action research. I relearn how to lock, get rid of gold knowledge perceive my invisible. 
and I enter my darkness, my own shape, my natural light, my night vision, towards pelagic imagination, my winged mouth, my elegant gap. Face to face, with non-directors, anophthalmic dialogues, I speak cunnilingus, I restore and Eucharist myself. You should destroy your drawings even more, let him be in free fall or in a virtue garden. These displacements are, no matter what, still ruled by postulates of verticality, phallic ones, thus. Vertigo. Out of my sight, I dig my cave, my dark continent, my unexplored mine. To spawn, to drill these metaphors, and congeal in self-effacement, waiting to be revived. My tromperoi, my unknown face, Rising from the lower strata of my memories where exact chronology is not an issue. On my underground beach, I am serene. She, fish lover, spawns and undulates my vulva.
in April of 2009. No. Yeah. Okay. This is at Gargas. A cave in the Pyrenees. At Gargas, I grasped and tapped into Volvic knowledge. I gave myself up to the cave. Revivre la grotte, se replacer, not remplacer. Just à l'entrée, around the corner on the left inside, I crouch. Roger, 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 Roger,
Pat, 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 Roger, Pat, Pat, Roger, 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 Pat, Roger, Roger, Pat, Roger, 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 Pat, Ni en chasse, ni haché. No life, no come from Phoenix. 
to recline is a little bit of a work. So the, this book is, opens with a little bit of a, with a theoretical text and closes with one, so I'll give you a little bit of the end. The Valdai universe, the Nivelle view to be of Charles Olson, because actually we wrote through the human universal. Charles Olson, he gave me permission, by the way. The Valdai universe is as discoverable as that other and as definable. We have lived long in a generalizing time, at least since 450 BC, and it has had its effect on the best of women and the best of lovers. So in need of restoration, let's go back to hieroglyphs or to ideograms or to vulva etymology to write the balance. Etymon, roots of the word vulva. Well, three. Turn, twist, roll, revolve, and enclosed, followed by well four, vulnerable to one vulnerability, preceded by well two. To wish to will the lady would wish involuntary takes me to well one to see well, perhaps in Sanskrit, Varuna, seer, wise one, to see, voila, my valour, my world, my venetus, and or towards villas ideas. Two. The Vulva universe, also known as Vulvic space, is not made out of discourses. The Vulva universe is both instrument of discovery and instrument of definition. The Vulva universe belongs neither to logic or classification. The harmony of the Vulva universe is post-pre-logical. Things fall where they lie. poem from uh, a set of three poems, a work called The Gulf Between You and Me, that was commissioned by the Philadelphia Choir, The Crossing, directed by Donald Nelly. Uh, the section I read was put to music by the English composer Gabriel Jackson and premiered on June 30th in Philly. That was a very great oca uh, occasion to, to hear this. And after that poem of mine, we'll close with one of Nicole's text songs composed during the Gulf disaster uh, that we already touched on and with visuals she created for the occasion. Here is a poem uh, called Regret. It is at one level uh, a writing through towards the Gulf disaster from one of the great shipwreck poems uh, of, that we know of and that is uh, Stéphane Malamé's Coup de Dé. So through that, some sewing, right, from TikTok to Kudede, uh, all the way to the BP disaster. Regret. A throw, what do we know, what can we know, of the dice, of science, of love, only the facts, that is to say, only effects. Never can this happen, never, even if, can this happen in science, in love, even when cast, Indra's net of love, even when cast, money's net of Stone. What do we know? What can we know? What has caused the gulf between water and oil, you and me? In eternal circumstances, no circumstances are eternal. At the heart of, of this wreck, what will we know? We know only effects have to choose the causes. A shipwreck at the heart that the gulf widens between water and oil, you and me, fish and water, me and you, that the abyss between water and water, you and you, me and me, oil and fish, widened, then whitened. There is slack 
growing, raging underwater in the heart, under heart, in the water, on the brain. What we know is oil and water don't mix. What we know is fish and oil don't mix. What we know is you and I have to mix. What we know is you and I have to live under an incline, climbing of a warming climb, an angle, not an angel, tells us me and you want to live. Even if despair desperately soars and gets an angry rise from the phantom pain of its own planet's sore broken wing, a second-hand angel singing, Eche homo, eche homo, so not so sapiens, conscious liar, beforehand relapsed liar, liar not released from wrongly steering the flight of this planetary love affair, no use repressing the outbursts of this lethal love affair, cleaving the bounds of this oily love affair at the root of greed, set the rig afloat, a ship finally a ship, the impossible change. For deep inside waits the admission of impending disaster, the hidden header, the hidden, the shadow hidden in the depth by this by this arrogance, this arrogance at the root of greed, this arrogance at the root of arrogance, this love, this love for more, a more always spelled out in money, blows the rig up this morning, will blow the world up tomorrow, there is no alternate sail, ship earth in space, space ship earth, the only raft for dumb sapiens, who has to learn to love this imperfect raft, there is no alternate sail, Dumb sapiens has to learn love, has to learn to adjust, has to learn to look to the spread. The spreading of disaster has to learn to jump, its yawning depth as great as any abyss between you and me. The hull of a rig, the hull of a ship careening from side to side turns over, and this for a moment cathedral burning church of the worship of money, brightly floating death, flaunting love, rig wreck, rig wreck, the catastrophe here now, the circumstances local and global, not eternal, only this now, cannot grasp the hawser, opens a gulf between life and death, a millimeter uncrossable, a BP centipede monster at the heart of this rigrag, abolish, abolish, abolish responsibility, Moloch, Moloch, Moloch rules, Moloch rules, all rules broken, when Moloch rules. A rat floats head down. Jellyfish pop by. Dead horseshoe crab adrift. Three cormorants dead by the belt parkway. Sky is blue. The water filthy, 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 filthy. But the wind caresses me. Near 
nearly makes me come. Do you have time for to take a couple questions, or is there any way we can turn some lights on? everybody who helped. Thank you all you guys who pianoed on the wall. I think we've got to figure it out now. Yeah. Just call it back. Question over here. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as to what inspired you to write the piece about the bullseye. Um, it's long. Uh, <laughs> what can I do? Um, maybe when I started really um, visiting back in the Pyrenees and espousing the land in a more organic way. There is there is some stuff, actually the men here you saw, this is called the Path of Pedahita, which is my name in Mexico. Uh, there is a place where uh, women used to go and rub themselves, supposedly for fertility. <laughs> but from going around in the Pyrenees and exploring various of those places that were there for fertility, I think they were more for pleasure, you know, in kind of a masturbation becomes a bad word, but there was the thing that was much more communion, you know, sexual. So that kind of reshifted my uh, understanding of myself, and I started at looking at myself because I'm, you know, from a generation, especially back in the Pyrenees, where very male-oriented culture, where actually I had never looked at myself in any kind of this. So it was kind of revealing, not in a sexual way, but just the topo I mean, there's a piece actually that's a topology. So revealing, really, the topology, you know, my topo, my topo. Hi, uh, thank you both for coming. Um, I have a question about cooking. The, um, <laughs> when I cook, I have an expectation. I'm going to satisfy my hunger or I'm going to cook for friends and family and enjoy that sort of nurturing environment. So th those are my expectations when I just go home and cook. Do you have expectations when you perform? Um, do you have expectations from the audience? It's an extended family. It's sharing beyond you know, the, the dinner table at home. Uh, it's sharing and making something available, something known. Uh, Nicole has an, uh, often does this, even when she does music, where things get combined. For example, she has a CD out 
a duo with an absolutely wonderful uh, bass player called Michael Bizio, and where she, in one piece, makes beats cream to get whipped cream. And uh, this becomes not only simply proof that she does indeed, at the end, give, but it is part of the music, so that the, the, the bass and uh, the whipping of the cream become a musical piece. So that simply that also another part of our daily world enters the art making in that sense. Yeah, that but sense. I find the question, I mean, and I'm not saying that to be polite or nice, very interesting because I, I ask myself this very often. What expectations do I have? And I have, I had, you guys are being great, I'm not complaining about it, but I have really <laughs> lower expectations because you, what you get from an audience, it's a little bit, I mean, you're I'm here by my, I mean, we're here presenting something to you and it's going somewhere. So what you're giving back is not a direct channel. Food is very direct when you cook. You know, you say, oh, this is good, or people are polite, and you kind of know. So this is what kind of always interested me, is this relationship. And, and blurring, and actually, this is what I still attempted to do, and I'm, I'm not totally satisfied, and I think that's something we share in our practices, is blurring those boundaries in between the audience and the performance itself. I mean, this is something that haunts me all the time, trying, you know, I mean, it's not that, you know, I will ever sit on the block, but excuse, excuse me, please, no. <laughs> For us, <yeah. laughs> But, you know, I'm sorry. No, but you know what I mean? It's just kind of this, it's just like, um, to, this is this is the sippage, you know? It's, it's going beyond this rhizomatic idea, it's the sippage. So the expectations, um, they should be lower in, in any case, but the idea of your obsession <laughs> should remain part of your process. Is that... Everybody's too hungry, they want to get out. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.